You are listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. For more information about our church, please visit www.hopechurchipswich.net. We are privileged to have another special guest with us this week. As I mentioned, we're part of a worldwide family of churches. And today we have Edward and Frida Buria with us this morning. And they're from Kenya. And Edward oversees so many churches in East Africa that he doesn't really know how many churches he oversees now. And uh, has said to Morris this morning that by the time he heads back to Kenya in a little while, in a few days' time, there'll probably be about a dozen more. So uh, God is doing amazing things through uh, Edward and Frida and the churches they're involved with over there. So let's give Edward a big welcome as he comes to share God's word with us. Brilliant. Um, Yeah, it's great to be here and I bring you lots of greetings from your brothers and sisters in Africa and uh, more so uh, our own country, Kenya. Uh, We, just like Tom is saying, uh, God has given us the grace to be able to see, um, you know, a few churches uh, way back in the 80s and as at now, uh, we completely lost track (laughs) and we are grateful because I think the kingdom of God needs to be allowed to expand once people have been able to embrace the principles of the kingdom. Uh, this morning, what is going to be happening is uh, uh, we also, God has given us the grace for the last 20 years to be able to broadcast to millions and millions of people through uh, the TV, uh, which, is watched, uh, uh, which is watched by uh, many people uh, in Kenya, but also those that are able to catch us by satellite uh, within the neighboring countries. And therefore, I'll make an introduction and then I'll ask you to uh, welcome the audience uh, so that they can be able to enjoy uh, the program with us. Uh, Kenyans, this is uh, a miracle in the village. Uh, This morning, we're not broadcasting from the usual place, Kambakia Christian Center. Uh, We are coming all the way from uh, the UK, uh, Britain, and uh, we're glad to have a wonderful people that know Jesus Christ in a place called Epswich. And so... I want to ask my friends here to be able to put their hands together as we ask you people to remain glued on your screens and celebrate Jesus with us. And therefore, my friends, let's welcome Africa into the program in the name of the Lord Jesus. Celebrate. Celebrate. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Fantastic. 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 Fantastic, 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 fantastic. As uh, we will be speaking, you'll see numbers being flashed on your screen. Please uh, do get in touch with us. Uh, We've got wonderful pastors that can be able to pray with you and help you understand the grace of God and also be able to become a blessing in your own life. Uh, The other thing I would like to say is that uh, we count this as a joy that uh, we can be able to broadcast not only from Africa, we can be able to broadcast from all over the world because around the globe, God has his people. And that is one of the joys of these international relationships that help us to be able to come across wonderful people that know Jesus Christ. Uh, brothers and sisters, as uh, we uh, come into this country, uh, I came into this country from uh, the background of um, um, God speaking to my life about the topic that you can see on your screens and that is to do with when destiny speaks. I really want to believe with all my heart that uh, God's will for each one of us is to be able to understand the mind of God regarding our destinies and to be able to get locked into those destinies and to be able to 
understand the bigger picture regarding your life. Uh, because like I said earlier, I don't believe there is anybody here who does not have a purpose. We've got, we're living in this planet uh, because there is a purpose for each one of us. And the greatest thing is to be able to discover your purpose and to be able to live uh, for that purpose and be able to follow that purpose fully uh, 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 when God has allowed you to be here. And so uh, this morning as we look into the scriptures, I am speaking into that big subject of when destiny speaks. When destiny speaks, God intends you to get into that destiny. When God reveals his destiny in your life, and whether it is the life of a church, whether it's the life of a movement, when finally God helps us to discover the bigger picture regarding us, God expects us to get locked into that destiny. I also want to believe this. When all of a sudden we discover our destiny, it helps us to uh, enjoy the anointing of the purpose for which the destiny is speaking. So there is, a, there is something that is released uh, when we look into the Old Testament and find the many prophets and find the many uh, brothers and sisters. We're talking of people like uh, Queen Esther and others. When finally they discover, when Mordecai uh, is able to speak to her, Esther and say, for such a time as this, God has placed you. She was able to know the purpose of her being in the king's palace. And she was able to serve that purpose fully. She gives instructions to the children of Israel, go and pray with me. Uh, if God spares me, that's fine. If I go, then it's fine. But you can see what happens thereafter. And therefore, you find that when we discover that destiny, when we discover that purpose, we are able to, it releases an anointing that helps us to be able to fulfill our purposes. But just to set us going, I would love us to open our Bibles in the book of Romans, chapter number 8, because this is uh, the word that has really spoken into my life big time, and I pray that it's going to speak into your lives here, but also the millions that are watching us out in the continent of Africa. The Bible says in verse number 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Uh, verse 29 is very clear, strong words that uh, every one of us here and the people watching out in the country need to embrace and really ask several questions regarding these verses and also get locked into these verses. The Bible says, for those God for a new. And that is a very powerful statement, like we will keep on seeing that, uh, like I said earlier, we are not just objects of fate. We're not just here galloping and trying to find the way in the thicket of life. There is a God foreknew, and when he foreknew, he destined. There is a, a destiny tied to each one of us. There is a destiny tied to every child that comes to life, that is born in this world. And it's important for us to be able to understand that so that we can be able to help. Even when God gives us our children, we can be able to help them find that destiny and encourage them towards that destiny. So that for those that God foreknew, he also predestined. And this predestination, first and foremost, is that, just like I've heard from the prophetic words that have come out, that we conform to the image of his son, Jesus. There is nothing, brothers and sisters, that is beautiful. Uh, immediately we get to know this predestination and we get to know this destiny. Number one, right on top, God's will for every one of you here, millions watching out in the country, is to conform to the likeness of Jesus. God's will is that from the moment we get to know him, 
we keep on changing and we keep on looking like him uh, because when the trumpet sounds, then the fullness of time, we will be like him fully. And so when the, the journey of the Christian faith is about this predestination, is about conforming to the likeness of Jesus. The grace of God that has come to us has come to you to, to be able to help you uh, change and even as people see you from uh, the moment of your conversion and along the way, they can be able to clearly see that you are looking like Jesus more and more. And this is uh, the joy that we find even people like Paul when uh, uh, on, his, on his way to Damascus to persecute the church. This destiny speaks, spoke, and uh, all of a sudden, his ch everything about Paul was changed. A man who was, uh, like he's talking in some of his writings, he says that I was a chief sinner, and he, he talks about the many things that he did. But when destiny spoke on his way to Damascus, we find that his life is completely changed. And uh, if you keenly observe Paul's journey, the Christian journey of Paul, you'll notice time and again, Paul's passion is uh, expressed, and, and that is of what? I want to become like Jesus. When he goes to some of the churches that had some troubles, uh, and some of the churches that had issues, uh, Paul was able to defend and to be able to say, look here, even when I came among you, I was not, I was not interested in many other things. I wanted to know Jesus and know the power of his resurrection. So I want to say in the predestination, in this package that is part of your life, as uh, you keep on pursuing the other many things that are part of your destiny, that right on top, God's intention is for you to look like Jesus. God's intention is to be able to conform you on daily basis so that there is a, wherever you are, whether it is in the workplace, whether, whether it is to, it's to do with when we mingle together, whether it is in this setting or other setting, People can be able to clearly see the change that is in you, the change that is making you to conform to the image of his son. That he may, may be, might be the first, firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And I really want you to, I, I, was, I found myself really, uh, the, 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 the Holy Spirit helped me to kind of uh, get the revelation that is contained in verse number 30. Because it says that those that he predestined, he also called. And it's important for us to know that, that there is a calling in your life. There is a, there is a selection. There is a choosing. God has chosen you from among many. I said earlier, and I want to repeat again, uh, this is a country with uh, around 60 million people. And as I see you here, and even the people that are watching me out in Africa, we've got to know that this Christian, when we believe in Jesus, there is a calling. God has said, I want you. And that is the reason why you have found grace in Jesus. That is why there is that friendship, ongoing friendship between you and the Lord. You have been called from among many. It is important to know that so that you can be able to take things more seriously. You can be able to know that it's not just about you pumping into just faith. God chose you. In his foreknowledge, in his predestination, as part of your destiny, God knew at some point whatever it will be, whether it is uh, uh, those that come from Africa, whether it's from the African continent or other places, because we all have stories of where and when we started to know the Lord Jesus. We all have the stories that are part of our Christian journey. And God knew at some point, I'm going to call so and so into faith. Those that he called, he also justified. And I really want to say very strongly that uh, we are justified not on the basis of what we have done, we are justified not because you tried so hard. 
It's not about you trying hard. It's not about the things we've done. We are justified because of what Jesus has done. It is part of our predestination. It's part of our great story. We can be able to walk around even when the enemy or other things would want to uh, suggest otherwise. We can be able to walk above the, 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 the tides that would want to suggest otherwise. And you can be able to look up and say, I am justified. God is not looking to you as an enemy. God is looking to you as a friend. It's part of your predestination. But it does not stop there. The story goes even becoming more better as part of our, of our, of our destiny. The Bible says those that he justified, he has glorified. And we, we've got to uh, embrace this one and begin to live our lives as glorified, seated above with the, in the heavenlies with Jesus Christ. Because that is our position in God. But it does not stop there, brothers and sisters. It's not just about the faith that we have about what Jesus has done on the cross uh, and what that means to us, the calling and everything else. But we are also part of our predestination and part of our destiny. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number, number 2 uh, and verses number 10, For we are God's handwork, created in Jesus Christ to do good works. And I really want to say that uh, the good works we're talking about here, we do not do good works to earn our salvation. We do not do good works so that we can make God happy. We don't, you know, sometimes we've got different image, images in our minds about God. And uh, we, sometimes the enemy can even show us because of some of the mistakes that we make in life. It's like uh, tomorrow God will wake up annoyed because of what we did today. But that is not the case. It's not, we don't do good works so that we can make God wake up laughing and having a good time with us. Because what Jesus did satisfied him. Uh, what Jesus did was enough. And therefore, it does not matter what really I've done today. Uh, God tomorrow will be happy with me. God will be happy with you tomorrow. He will wake up with a big smile on his face, looking upon you with a delight. And it's not because of you, but because of what Jesus has done on the cross. So we, our, we, we, our good works is not to earn or to make God happy about us. But we do them because it's part of our predestination. That it is predestined for every one of you here, millions watching out in the country. It is part of my... And when we discover that, we don't waste time doing the wrong thing. We don't waste time not getting hooked to doing good. Because the doing good here, that, that, that we are created in Jesus, God, we are God's handwork created in Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This again, it does not begin today, it does not begin yesterday, it's part of that story, the bigger story that each one of us must get into, that, that uh, God, even as we get conformed to the likeness of Jesus, and even as we get to realize that we've been called, we've been called from among many, and we've been justified and glorified, we also get to know that as part of our destiny, as part of our predestination, God expects each one of us to do good works. Do good works uh, touching the poor, good works uh, helping the needy, good works. And we're not doing these things again, I repeat, and I put an emphasis we are not doing this so that we can please, we can earn salvation and everything else. It's part of the package. It's part of our predestination. I believe with all my heart that even as we sit here and uh, uh, we listen as we are listening and many people are watching us in Africa, listening as well and watching this telecast, 
I believe the reason why a message like that, like this one comes our way, and even the reason why Paul would be able to uh, write some of the, these writings after being able to discover the bigger picture is because God wants to open our eyes towards predestination. I do not know anything else that would give you assurance and joy and uh, uh, security as knowing that you're part of something before you were formed in the womb of your mother. That God predestined these things. That God knew at a particular time in life, he would make his son Jesus become your personal savior. It is a great feeling and a great assurance in our hearts. We are assured that I am not, like I said again, it's nothing to do with me working out my salvation. My salvation has already been worked out by somebody else. And that somebody else is the son of the living God, Jesus Christ. That mine is just to receive a free gift. That I'm just purely receiving a free gift that of, of, of what Jesus already has done. So Paul is engaging with the various, when you find his writings regarding predestination and everything else, he's engaging with the people. Number one, wanting people's eyes to be opened up. I mean, when you look into Ephesians, one of the prayers Paul is praying is that your eyes may be opened. Because many of the times we do not leave our predestined or our destiny. We, many of the times we do not understand that destiny has already spoken and we live uh, poor lives. We become, we, be, we, we are just kind of a, a wake up in the morning and it's like, oh my goodness, it is me trying hard to do things. But when a message like this comes to us, God's intention is to open our eyes towards predestination. But it's also number two to help us to believe and embrace our destinies. And number, 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 number three, it is to help each one of us to go towards the destinies that are ours. It helps us to put at, puts, puts us in, into focus. We are able to align our lives with what God's intentions are for each one of us. Because every, every person living on this planet, they're living to fulfill a purpose. And it is the will of God for people to discover that purpose. And that purpose is contained and it's wrapped up in your destiny. Predestination, we are predestined. And I really want to say once again, if uh, you think about the message that I'm bringing up, up to us today about the destiny has spoken, I want you to think about it in three categories or in three dimensions. Number one is to die so that we conform to the likeness of Jesus. I will say that many, many times, yesterday, today, and forever. I am here, you are here, that we may know Jesus and know him more. This is, a, this is part of your biggest thing, relationship with God. God, the reason why you're saved, you're saved so that you can come, continue to know him more on, on daily basis. And that, that, that our eyes can be opened up so that we can be able to know the richness that are ours in him in terms of grace, in terms of love, in terms of mercy and compassion. We want to confirm to become like Jesus. Number two, we are here for good works. Every one of us given an opportunity in this life. I feel very sad when I hear of, of people who are supposed to be, for example, in some of the continents of the world that are uh, developing continents. And we find that people are in positions of power, positions of authority. And instead of doing good, unfortunately, they do bad. They deny the citizens good works. And every one of us is here. One of the things that we are here for is to do good. 
that we may do good. That the Bible is talking about Jesus in this, in this way. That he went everywhere doing good. And we too can do good because it's part of our destination. It's part of our predestination. Every one of you is predestined. And you can be, let me tell you something. I'm just thinking of myself, the hundreds of people and thousands and millions of people that know Jesus. If we all carried out doing good, what a wonderful world we would have. Because it's, it's the reason why bad increases is when good is missing. And we, we are predestined. The Bible says we are predestined to do good works. Number three reason why predestination and destiny has been able to speak is to be able to tell you that the story, your story will not just end with uh, knowing Jesus, conforming to his likeness, and uh, doing good. But wait a minute. Your life ends with eternity. There is an eternity, brothers and sisters. The reason why one of the things I normally say uh, as I travel around in the world, I keep on telling people I've seen so much. I've seen, almost, I've seen cripples walk in my meetings. I've prayed for the blind they have seen. I've prayed for cancers that have been healed. I have, uh, I have uh, believed God for dreams, and the dreams have come to pass. We have started in a small way, and today we are a mighty, mighty force in Kenya. I've seen so many things. We've influenced governments. Uh, I have been able to speak into uh, the life of uh, our political lives and everything else. One thing I've not seen, it's the coming of Jesus. And that is the greatest. And that is the, I keep on saying to myself, Edward, there is a better day. There is something greater that is coming. It is when the trumpet will sound and Jesus appears. And that will be the fullness of our joy. And this is our predestination, friends. It's there. It's contained there. God in his mind, he knows very clearly that I'm going to reveal my son to these people as part of the destiny that I've given them. I'm going to allow these people to do good works as, as long as they exist on this world. But above all, where Jesus prays a prayer and he says, Father, that where I am, they too can also be. It's there, friends. It's part of our package. And therefore, I really want to provoke us to be able to, uh, from today, let's get to know that this is a, when we believed in this Jesus, when we joined the Christian faith, oh my goodness, it's something worth the living for. It's something exciting. It's something that floods my soul with joy. I love it. I am preaching here at Epswich today. Uh, all the way 7,000 kilometers from Africa. And you know what is happening? I'm enjoying myself up here because it's part of my destiny. Yeah, it's part of my destiny. It's part of my destiny. I'm having fun here. Speaking to uh, uh, the international community, but more so the British society. It's part. Once upon a time, you guys brought the gospel to us. Now we are fulfilling the purpose of God, bringing the gospel back into England. It's part of my destiny. It's in the package. It's part of my destiny. And you know, I'm going to preach this gospel for a while. I, I, will, go to, I will go to places that uh, people are thinking, uh, this place people cannot hear the gospel. I will go to some of the cultures which, which people are thinking they're untouchables. Wait a minute. We'll get there with the gospel because it's part of our predestination. The Bible tells me something, my brothers and sisters. To be able to get the confidence levels inside us to the highest levels, 
as we get to know the predestination, when you know destiny has spoken, lift up your confidence in God. Lift up your confidence in yourself. You get to know that this is not about you. It's about the great God. It's about a bigger God than yourself. The Bible tells me in the book of Jeremiah, just to be able to appreciate the things I'm saying here. I'm, I'm excited. I'm enjoying. I'm, the Holy Spirit is up here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God is here. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter number 1 and verses 4 and 10. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you, I knew you. Yeah. Whoo! Yes, amen. Whoever said amen, amen. amen. It is an amen. Yeah, before, imagine, before you were formed, I knew you. This is a big one. This is God speaking. God is saying, it's not, the story does not begin between your father and mother. When, they, when your father betrothed your mother and they got married and uh, came together and suddenly the lady is telling the husband, I'm pregnant. It doesn't, the story does not begin there. The story is bigger. Before, hallelujah, <laughs> before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. It doesn't stop there. Before you were born, I set you apart. It doesn't stop there. Number three, before you were formed, I appointed you. Amen, my brother. This is a big one, friends. This is a big story here. It's a big story that we need to... The enemy, we've got the enemy, we've got other people that judge us because of the way they see. Sometimes they judge you on the basis of your mistakes and they think they keep on breaking your confidence. They keep on telling you that you cannot amount to become anything. That's a lie from the devil. Amen. Amen. It's a lie from the enemy because the God of the heaven says, before I formed you, before you were born, I set you apart. Before you were formed, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And number three, I called you. My brothers and sisters, I tell you, I, I have no fear when I am fulfilling my purpose under the destiny which has called me when I speak to the big boys, political boys in my country. I've got no fear. I tell it, I tell them because I, I just know something. Edward, your confidence is not in yourself. It's behind this God who has called you. And I tell them what I'm thinking because God has given me a platform through the TV to be able to speak to the nation. We need to allow our confidence arise up when we encounter the destiny that has been spoken. But the Lord, and you see many times when we hear a message like this one, uh, which is now beginning to set you free, which is beginning to break the shell so that you can, be God, you can start pursuing your God-given uh, destiny and purpose, we like to give ex reasons why we think that is not meant for me, it's meant for someone else. Jeremiah is not an exceptional. Do you know what he says? Jeremiah says, Alas, Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. We like those excuses. <laughs> we like those excuses. We like, to, we like to quickly, when all of a sudden Disney speaks, we, we like to look to uh, where, our, for example, like I can see, I'm, I'm very happy to see a number of people from my continent, Africa. I love Africa with all my heart. 
And I, I believe first and foremost, I was raised for Africa. And I believe it's a great continent, it's a giant that is waking up and uh, the rest of the world will have to listen to Africa when we speak. Yes, I believe in, I believe in that. I also believe that even in the, the coming uh, 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 evangelization, global evangelization, Africa will play a part like no any other continent. I believe Africa will be, will be able to provoke faith that is missing in the West. I believe it, and it's part of our destiny. Africans, that is part of, Afri of our destiny. We need to fulfill it so faithfully. We, we, there is something about us and faith that is not in the West. When I'm saying that, I'm not down, uh, looking down on anybody. Get me right. But we like to give uh, those reasons why we can't do it. Because suddenly, Jeremiah, destiny has spoken. And when destiny speaks, it expects you to lock into, connect with the destiny. And so Jeremiah is looking for the reason why he cannot do this job. And he's telling God, number one, I don't know how to speak. And number two, God, you need a more wiser person. You need somebody who has been in the mission field for some years. I am just young. So that, so that God, excuse me. That, that it looks good, sounds good. But God, it's meant for someone else. I'm, I'm, I'm just excited to be in this church, which... Uh, has a you, your passion is something that is pleasing God. Amen. Yes, you've got an amazing you guys. In fact, earlier on, I was just thinking about when the Bible talks in Revelation chapter number two. It talks about uh, the many things he's saying. The angel to the church of Ephesus, you've done good, you've persevered, you've hard work, and everything else. But but, but then it says, but you've lost your your first love. I think for me. Um, uh, the way I view things, sometimes it's not people have lost first love. What people have lost is passion. The love is there, but unfortunately the passion is missing. And I, I commend you as an apostle of Jesus Christ for your passion. It's a great church here. The leadership has been able to raise, I can sense it in my spirit. The leadership has done well in helping you people to raise up your passion. Because it is a, that is what attracts, uh, yes, we know faith attracts God, but passion is, a, God thrives in passion. Where there is passion, when people are passionate about God. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm loving it. Uh, I can see some Filipinos here. And I love, yeah, amen, hallelujah, I love that. There, there is a passion there. There is a, an expression that is a, um, you know, um, Recently, I was in this country, and uh, you, I, I support, excuse me for, me for making that one, it's, it's a little bit off pitch, but please bear with me, I support Asno, and uh, <laughs> yes, no, don't go out, please, don't go out, please, just, it's just an off pitch, don't, don't leave the service, and we went to, I went to, we, Mike Bet, my friend, took me to the, uh, uh, to, to watch the Norwich team. Uh, and uh, so we sat down there, and I was just thinking to myself, we are friends. We were talking nicely and everything else as we were going to the stadium, or whatever you call it. And uh, everything is fine. And so at the back of my thinking, I'm asking, uh, by the time we finish this, this, are we going to be friends? We've been friends for many years. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, there's so many things going around my mind. And uh, I'm asking... Uh, are we going to be friends after we finish this match? Now, one of the things that 
makes me, because people think English people do not express their emotions. That's what the world thinks. Many, many people think they are gent they're, they're gentlemen. You know, you, you, even in church, the way you clap your hands, you've got to clap it in a smart way, the way you stand, you've got to do it in a different way, and everything else. But wait a minute until you go to the stadium. And it's something else altogether. Now, let me say this. That, uh, that uh, as we were watching this match, I was uh, getting, uh, I would see scenarios where we, we were forgetting each other. I, I am, for a moment, I'm just thinking to myself, this is now the moment Arsenal is going to score. And I'm forgetting Mike because we were seated at the same place. And I am, and Mike tells me, you are sitting, this is the side of Norwich. <laughs> So be careful. <laughs> so when we embrace, when we em embrace this big picture, when God speaks the destiny, there is a need for us to celebrate. Yeah. There is a need because it's God's. It's it's larger. It's bigger than. Uh, uh, your, the, the, the English team. I understand you at the moment because uh, in June. The, the month will become more spotty. There is a Wimbledon. There is, a, I think, Europe's Cup or something. Yes, and I hear England was doing some uh, uh, friendlies, and either you're playing Australia or something, and the other night I saw you playing Turkey. And the country is behind, is cheering this. I, I want to say this, brothers and sisters, that is just a 90 minutes something, okay? Ours, this is eternity. We're talking about a destiny that speaks even after your life comes to an end in this world. We need to be in a celebratory moment all the time because God has spoken, destiny has spoken about your life. So God is telling uh, Jeremiah, do not say I am young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid for I am with you. And I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, from today I've appointed you over nations and kingdoms to uproot, tear down, to destroy, overthrow, and to build and to plant. A young man encounters the destiny. He's not yet begun to preach. He, doesn't, he has not even prophesied. He's, uh, what has happened is that particular moment he just encountered his bigger picture. And his life, from that moment on, is going to be changed and shaped by the things that are part of his destiny. Now, God's will for each one of you listening to me and watching out in Africa. God wants you to live alive and be able to have a testimony like that of David recorded in Acts 13 and 36. David served the purpose of God in his life and generation, and then he rested. There should be nobody resting without serving your purpose. There should be no one uh, uh, feeling like you're going to discontinue or a premature this and the other one. The will of God is that you serve your purpose fully and then you rest. And that is what is happening with De David. People like Jacob served the will of God and purpose of God even when they were in their dying bed. He could be able to, he knew part of his destiny was to declare and declare the, the blessing of God to his 12 sons. 
and he, he is lying there very old. Age has catched up with this guy, but he's serving his purpose. People like Simon are able to, they were waiting for nothing else but Jesus to be born. And once he held him, the young baby in his arms is able to say, I can now rest. I can now go into eternity because my eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord. God's will for each one of you is to serve the purpose of God fully. It's for you to be able to find this destiny, find this purpose. And don't forget, I've been able to tell you in the three dimensions. The greatest of all, before I start the good works, it's that transformation, that changing to becoming like Jesus on daily basis. This is right on top. And others just follow. I am living with, with that sense of Jesus as I wake up tomorrow. I want to become like you, Lord. Because I know this is part of my package. I know this is part of the destiny that God wants me to serve. I want to suggest a few points that if you are like me, like writing things down, I love writing things. And when I go to meetings, I love capturing things with my spirit and my mind, but also writing so that I can remind myself uh, in the days to come. Discovering your destiny will produce the purpose, will give you a purpose and uh, will be able to produce the following. Number one, when you have uh, discovered this purpose in life, the, it gives you the reason to, to follow, to fulfill your purpose and destiny. You, you have a reason. You have a reason. You justify your being around. There is, a, there, is a, there is a purpose. You feel I have a purpose. Therefore, I have a reason to be here that I can be able to fulfill what only yourself can fulfill. And I, I have said it, and I want to repeat again. You don't want to live a life and deny this world your purpose. Because it is your purpose that will make things better than they are today. And number two, it gives focus when you discover your destiny. And we can see it. We can see even with someone like Abraham from a pagan, uh, pagan uh, environment, from a pagan background. And God breaks in, speaks destiny. Destiny is spoken, and Abraham hears that destiny. His life is forever changed. And from that moment on, Abraham can even dare. This is a very wealthy guy. He's, he's been uh, making money and having uh, enterprise here and there. But when destiny speaks and he's told, I want you to leave your people. I want you to leave your kindred. He does not, he's not, you know, the other day I was telling my friends, uh, if... Uh, if Abraham was an English person, it would have been a big problem because English people like details, okay? So when you tell them, arise up and go, they say, at what time are we going to be here and what and, and, and everything else? So, so Abraham, thank God he was not a British. He was a... a because that would have created a lot of problem for Abraham. He, he's told, Abraham, this is your destiny. Arise up and go. And uh, he doesn't ask God... At what time, what time will I be where? How many stages will be there? And I tell you, dealing with the British society is not easy when it comes to those details. They, they, they organize things two years in advance. <laughs> two years. And they want to know, they, they are getting in touch with my office two years. And they're asking, we've got a lady who manages my program. She's called Miriam. And I, many times I go there and I'm killing myself with laughter because it's a program two years. And here is a, a, an email that has come, details about the two years. And I'm, I'm like, what? <laughs> so Abraham is destiny. Destiny speaks. And Abraham 
is like, okay, he doesn't even ask from here, where am I going? He just falls into alignment. And he simply says, and thereafter, many, many years back, he says that his obedience, his faith was counted as righteousness. Who? Who? God. Here is somebody, well, uh, I mean, the guy was loaded. He had money. He had wealth. He had attachment. And the destiny speaks. Leave your people. Leave your kindred. And just go. And he doesn't ask where. He just says, okay. And he just begins to go. And what happens? That destiny completely changed his life. Because when God started to see the steps of faith, it reaches a point where God now calls him my friend. And then he says, I will make your descendants as many as the stars of the sky and as the sand of the sea. My brothers and sisters, we are dealing with, when we get into this destiny, this purpose, it will give us, and you can imagine from then on, Abraham never, never lost his focus, never lost his vision, never. Even when it came to other moments of difficult trials, like give out your son, he's willing to do that. So discovering your purpose and destiny will give you focus and vision for your life. Number three, it helps in setting goals for your life. When you, and this is one of the biggest cries of my heart, which I would want you to keep on praying for. I come from a continent that is so resourced, so resourced. I don't know any other continent that is as rich as my continent. But unfortunately, some of the leaders that we have they don't set the goals for the continent. I feel sad because I, I just think to myself, I can see if we had set goals today, I, I just think of my own country, Kenya. Once upon, I think in the 80s, uh, we were peers with Singapore in terms of GDP and everything else. But uh, because those guys set their goals and they kept the focus, I mean, the, US, the Singaporean dollar today is equivalent to the American dollar. And my shilling is still struggling, almost running. And because of the way we set our goals and the way we're wanting, when finally we get our purpose, it helps in setting goals for our life. But number four, it produces passion and energy. The passion I was talking about. You, 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 you've got your, you know the purpose of your life. God has been able to help you to know, this is my purpose. For, and it's, let me see this. When I talk about purpose, it's not, I don't want you to get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that uh, uh, along the way there won't be a few mistakes. There will be mistakes. Let's get this right. Yeah, but at the end of the day, we have the purpose. And that's the beauty. It helps me to correct my mistake. I'm able to see what I was trying to do here is not my purpose, so get back to your purpose. So it produces passion and energy because you're, you're feeling nice about what you're doing. You've been able to embrace and you know that God has called me to do this. I am, I've been raised in this church to serve as a hospitality team. It gives you the passion. It gives you the energy. Just like as we were coming in here, 
you know, some of the things, the reason I'm talking about passion, I, I, I saw young couples with small children. And you can see, this is lovely. I mean, we were coming up the, 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 the stairs. And I'm just seeing this young couple. I was behind. I'm seeing this young couple with their child. And you can see, these are, this is a couple that has got passion to go and worship Jesus. And you, I, I love those, when, I see, when I'm looking to Tim and Esme here with their little one, I love that picture. I just love it. Because one of the greatest passion for Joshua, he says that me and my family shall serve the Lord. So it gives, hallelujah, it produces passion and energy because you're not serving someone else's purpose, but you're serving your own purpose. Number four, number five, you put your resources and energy towards your purpose. And that, that, that can go to a church like this one. That can go to a couple. That can go to an individual. You put your energy. We don't want to waste our resources. We, we, we've got one of the things that I'll be speaking in the conference uh, next week. Is, uh, the, as we will be talking, Fred and myself will be sharing in the seminar about uh, building well in the season of expansion. And one of the things that we've learned as a couple and as a team of leaders is uh, being faithful stewards. And because of that faithfulness, the work of God has advanced. We have not wasted the resources that have been given to us. Even when people, when we have had a crisis in our country and uh, we make an appeal, Every single coin goes towards what it's meant. And so we don't want, when uh, finally you've got your purpose and you've got your destiny and you know that this is what God wants me to do, you don't waste your resources or your energy uh, on things that do not add up on your purpose. Number six, it gives the reason for regular, and I want to say for regular evaluation. We, we want to... We want to have moments when, if it's a local church like this one, and we've been able to discover this is our destiny, this is our calling, this is what God is telling us for this given time of five years, six years. We need to get ourselves seated down and asking, even the book of Deuteronomy is about evaluation. How are we doing? Moses, from the time we started, are we keeping track? Are we, are we keeping our focus? Are we on, as far as our destiny towards the promised land, how are we doing, Moses? And people had moments to be able to sit and do an evaluation. Uh, again, my continent is wanting here. We, we, we believe in random. Wake up in the morning, do it. That's sad. Sometimes the, the leadership will say, we have a vision 2030, but it's just a statement, the correct statement, political correct statement. We need, we need things, we need programs, we need projects. And, and uh, we're talking about big projects so that people can do what? People can have an opportunity to do, sit down and ask from when we started what is happening. Number seven, we live fulfilled and successful lives. I mean, there is uh, nothing else as fulfilling and as exciting as when you fulfill your purpose it gives you, you feel, my goodness, this is my success. This is my success story. This is a, and this has been part of us uh, in our ministry, in our movement. We have uh, been able to keep our purpose. One of our biggest purposes as a, a movement in Kenya, we know God raised us to be able to reach the unreached people groups. 
we go to the most difficult places with the gospel of the kingdom. And it is such fulfilling when I go back. I'm just thinking of areas like Tukana, areas like Samburu, and other unreached. And we did a, a survey in the 90s, which I was part of when I was in the university. I was part of doing that survey that established how many tribes that are in my country who have not been given an opportunity to hear the gospel. And for me to, today to, to see I've been leading a movement that has a focus of number one on unreached people groups. I feel when we talk about several hundreds of churches, I can tell you of a half of those churches are in the most difficult places. And it's so fulfilling. So fulfilling. So we live fulfilled and successful lives. Number eight, above everything else, our lives are flooded with joy of eternity. I just want to say this, brothers and sisters, let us not allow the enemy to keep on blocking our biggest joy of seeing Jesus. Paul is saying even the troubles that we are facing at this moment cannot compare with the glory that awaits. Let, let not our eyes be blocked by the problems that we encounter, the challenges of life, until we lose the joy of there is a, a second coming of Jesus. There is, this is a, the big thing that we are waiting for. We are waiting with groans and uh, with expectations that cannot be measured. The church is in waiting. Waiting for what? For the King of Kings to arrive. For the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings to arrive. As I come to a conclusion, I would like to remind us, this is uh, very important, that when we lose our purpose of life, the following will happen. And I would like you again to call upon you, just as I'm calling upon the people watching out in Africa to uh, capture these five points. Number one, when we lose our purpose, when we, we're not locked into our destiny, we open ourselves to the enemy's evil schemes and suggestions. When, when, uh, when, uh, even sometimes when you talk about uh, peer pressure and everything else, I believe with all my heart, if somebody has been able to embrace their purpose in life, when other people want to speak and to suggest other purposes, they're able to say, thank you very much, I already know what I want to do. Because it's clear. And I, I believe the reason why uh, our mother uh, uh, in the chamber of Eden, uh, Eve, got it wrong, it's when she moved a little bit from the purpose of God and she was found alone. And the enemy could be able to suggest Thinks that if she was in the protection of the husband, which was God's purpose for their lives, should have been able to overcome. The enemy found our mother at the moment of our vulnerability, when she was so vulnerable, and said, as God said this. When we have our purpose, when we lose our purpose, when we do not keep the focus onto the things that God has called us, we open ourselves to the enemy's evil schemes and suggestions. Number two. We waste our lives with meaningless engagements and involvements. And this is a very painful thing to imagine that um, I've been, I've, uh, you discover three, four, five, six, seven years, you have just have been wasting your life with meaningless engagements and involvements. And this is, it really calls upon us, brothers and sisters, to be clear when we are doing something, let's be sure that God has spoken to us. And I, I can tell you that because of, from experience. I know God still speaks. I know. It's not possible for you to seek his voice and to seek his will and you miss it. Many times we get excited about 
there is this fantasy about things and we just jump into them and we realize that we have uh, uh, wasted our lives with meaningless engagements and involvement. Number three, we become a tool of destruction and harm to others. It's terrible when you've got a congregation, in a congregation, people who have not captured the bigger picture. Sometimes they can uh, become an obstruction to the leadership, can become an obstruction to others, even as they become an obstruction to their own selves. We become a tool of destruction and harm to others. But number four, sadly, we live aimless lives. Many, many other times when I am moving from one place in my continent, I come across uh, people that are living aimless, and especially the younger generation. At the moment, we've got a big problem in our country of uh, what we call illicit bro, and, and young people involving themselves into uh, you know, substances that are destroying them because they become aimless. They've become aimless. They've got no purpose. They've got no, you can see, these are, these are young, the most, the most needful people, the most potential people. But unfortunately, things have made them to become so aimless and therefore they are opening themselves to um, um, very harmful substances. Number five, we end up with serious regrets. We end up with serious regrets. And I, I really want to say, and I'm very blessed to be in an environment that is, is so passionate, uh, uh, to be able to say to us, brothers and sisters, may God give us the grace to avoid regrets in life. May God give you the grace to be able to, to do things now uh, that, that, that in the next three years you do not fill yourself with regrets. Friends, we are not in this world as objects of fate. We are not here to just gallop and find your way in the thicket of life. We are here as for those God for a new, he predestined. Number one, to conform to the image of his son, that he might be the first fruit among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. I want to also say this. Number two, we are here to do good works. We are here, every one of you, God has tied around your life very good works. God wants you to touch the society, the needy. God wants you to give your skills to empowering others good works. Wherever Jesus went, he did good. And number three, my brothers, we are here waiting for the second coming of Jesus. We are here waiting to hear the trumpet sound, those that have died in the Lord coming forth, and together we caught up to be with the Lord forever and ever. Destiny has spoken. God bless you. Let's stand up as we finish the service. And can I ask again the wonderful worship team to come and help us as we bring this service to a close? And as we do that, I want to remind us once again, I love these scriptures. They have hit me so powerfully. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We have been called according to his purpose. For those God for a new, he also predestined to be, con to co to be conformed to the image of his son, 
that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Father, we thank you for allowing us to hear the destiny that is ours in Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for speaking your big mind to us and helping us to know the bigger picture regarding every individual that is in this place, O oh God. You have called us to yourself, Lord. We never called ourselves. We have been called. We, we have been chosen. Once upon a time, we were not a people. But this morning, we are your people, Lord. You have called us from different backgrounds, oh God. You've called us, Father, from a different continents of the, of, of the, continent, of the, of the world. Father, we, I just bless your name because of the, the brothers and sisters I see here, Father, from my own continent. Like Paul would cry and have a burden for his own people. And I, even as I pray, my brothers and sisters from the continent of Africa, I believe you're here in this purpose of God that I've been talking about. You're here because God has placed you here. You have the right to be in this place. And, and God is uh, equipping you so that you can become part of uh, the bigger rush that is going to bring Africa to Jesus Christ and, and beyond. And I pray, even as I pray this afternoon, I would love to see you uh, as we gather. I, I'm calling you brothers and sisters from Africa. Come and join me and come and join us at Morris's this afternoon. As we uh, look even deeper into the things I've spoken here regarding our own continent and regarding the work of the Lord beyond the continent of Africa. Father, I just thank you that, that those that you've called, you've also uh, justified. Those you've justified, you've also glorified. I thank you that you've called us uh, to, do, to doing good works in Christ Jesus, which God prepared in advance for us, Lord. We'll find joy in serving you, Father, and doing the works of God because they are part of this predestination. And above everything else, Lord, let the joy of the second coming of Jesus be ours from today. May, may we get excited about Jesus is coming again. May we get excited that we're going to see him as he is, Lord. And in a matter of a twinkling of an eye, Lord, we shall be changed to look like Jesus. We celebrate you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. Please feel free to make a copy of this content, but please do not edit the content in any way.